lucky number 13. Oh, headphones, headphones. We need headphones, kids. Hang on. Oh, yeah, now I get to listen to the Curry Brothers. Take me there, Rob Curry. Right, that's the usual intro to this, the Toronto Beer Podcast, with me, your host, Chris Schreier. And that, of course, was the delightful Link Ray Gun by none other than the Curry Brothers Pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. And seriously, if you still haven't checked out that record and you've been listening to this podcast this whole time, like, stop what you're doing, click the link in the description, go to Bandcamp, download it, you're not going to be sorry. It's real good, and you need to be listening to it. It's a very good record. Hello, Mike. Joining us from the prairies, Mike is... Oh, I hope I didn't just dox you. Probably not a lot of Mikes out there. <laughs> the stupid thing to say. Hey, guys, if I sound a little raspy, uh, you know, I always crack the joke that I'm doing a jazz radio DJ uh, thing. Not what's happening. Uh, we had a cold tear through our house uh, last week. Not COVID, as far as we could tell. More is the shame. Could have done with a COVID week off this week, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I am just raspy now. I feel pretty good, though, all things told. Had a pretty bad couple of days towards the end of the week there, but I soldiered on. I soldiered on, and now I'm back at it and just sounding like hell, but feeling pretty okay. But I digress. Hey, how's your week going? It's Monday. You have a good Monday? Weather was cracker today in Toronto. Oh my gosh. What a great day to work outside. Mike says that I didn't dox him. That's good. Glad to hear that. Tempted to invent an address, and people might actually think that was true. I don't know Mike's address right now. It's in Moose Jaw. There, I've definitely doxed him now. There can only be one Mike in Moose Jaw. It's a law. There's only one. Oh, and Kevin's here now, too. Look at the gangs all joining in. Love it. Love to see people joining in. But, hey, I'm just finishing off this beer. This beer in this glass, if you're watching a video, you probably know what it is. Any guesses, kids? Yeah, it's a bone shaker, of course. Because what else do I drink? <laughs> I'm a very comfortable old man, and I'm uh, comfortable in my choices, and one of those choices is to predominantly drink bone shaker. You know what else I was drinking today? Dab. Dab and bone shaker. I'm a very happy man with just those two beers. It doesn't take much. It does not take much. I do enjoy them. I just want to finish it, and then we're going to jump into this beer, then we're going to talk a bit about Pride, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here, because it's late. I don't know if you noticed, it's 9.30. Do you know why it's late? Well, because the world keeps spinning, whether or not I'm interested in what I'm doing. Pardon me. It had nothing to do with interest, by the way. So my son and I were reading a book, and it was finishing. And you know how that goes at the end of a book. You just got to power through and uh, really get into it. If you are interested in historical fiction, written admittedly for a preteen to early teen crowd, 
but you know, not unlike a Harry Potter type book. Uh, you could do a lot worse than reading the Blackthorn Key series of, uh, of books by, uh, I don't know, some guy? You'd think I would know that. I'll curse myself when I see his, uh, his name, the author. Kevin Sands. The Blackthorn Key books by Kevin Sands. Well, we just finished the... Uh... Whoa, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. The Raven's Revenge. Is that the latest book? Is that the newer one than the one we just finished? Sorry. Beer podcast on hold for a moment. Oh, it's on pre-order. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, I can deal with that later. I can pre-order a book any old time. <laughs> anyway, we just finished uh, the most recent in the uh, series Really delightful historical uh, stories. You know, a little predictable. Uh, young, arguably inexperienced, ill-equipped teenager manages to save the day in a variety of different circumstances. Not unlike a Hardy Boys book, but in this case set in uh, uh, 17th century England. Yeah, a lot of plague, a lot of pirates. Uh, it's interesting. I like it. I like it. Anyway, we were reading the exploits of one Christopher Rowe, and we needed to know how it was going to turn out. No spoilers. I mean, I did just kind of give some in a more general sense, but I won't give you any specific ones to the most recent book, but it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, anyway, that took a bit of time. And now here I am, still trying to finish this bone shaker. I also had a pink lemonade slushy that my delightful daughter made for me, which is great, except my, my teeth kind of jangled my teeth and they're still feeling a little jangly. It's mainly because I wanted to drink it. It was delicious, but it jangled. Ugh. Okay, cool. That's the bone shaker done. Oh, by the way, Kevin guessed that the beer I was drinking earlier was PBR. No, Kevin. It's not a rugby practice. I only drink PBR at rugby practices. <laughs> But I do drink a lot of that. Oh, man, and I drank a lot of PBR on the bus trip last weekend. Oh, yeah, and apologies. Oh, I didn't pour that on camera at all, by the way. Look at that, Hazy Boy. That looks like orange juice with a head. This is Quantum Leap from Rorschach Brewing. Um, what was I saying? Bus trip last week. It was great. Drank a lot of PBR. That could have been better. But, hey, any beer offered in friendship, as they say. Uh, and also apologies for missing, uh, the record last week. I wanted to, I really did, but our modem was dying and a weird old thing happened as it died. I mean, in general, it was getting a little bit bad, but it was still kind of working except that the network ports, the hardwire ports that you can plug cables into, uh, that stopped working. And unfortunately, the computer that I'm on right now, uh, streaming the YouTube and recording the podcast, not the Instagram, uh, that's on my phone, but everything else is powered by a computer that's hardwired into the network. It does ostensibly have a Wi-Fi card in it, but it's really unreliable. This room that I'm in has really terrible Wi-Fi. And uh, so it just needs to be wired. And those ports had died. So I couldn't connect this computer to the Internet. 
And that's why I didn't record an episode last week. So sorry. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I am glad to be back. Hey, let's talk a little bit about this beer. So this is, as I said, Quantum Leap from Rorschach Brewing, uh, listed as a double dry hopped IPA. That actually describes a number of their beers, uh, and I am on board with that. Uh, I've been going to Rorschach a lot recently because their brewery is more or less right next to the pitch where I practice rugby, also conveniently located on my way home from physio, uh, so that's nice. Uh, so I've been in there a lot recently, enjoying it. Real staple in the fridge, Hyreth is back, which is the main driving force. That's a beer I could drink a lot of, and do. I do. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about this Quantum Leap, and then... Uh, We'll talk about some other stuff. Pardon me, burping, because of all that bone shaker. Oh, I'm an old man. Uh, what are we looking at here? As noted, hazy. Hazy boy. It's like orange juice with a head. I think I said that earlier. Oh, there's my brother, Jared. How you doing, buddy? Uh, double dry hopped IPA. Hazy boy. I mean, this is right in my wheelhouse. So let's stick our old sniffer in here and see what we sniff. Now, I warn you, I have consumed this beer recently. Not today, but recently. Also, should warn you, uh, that cold I was talking about, I'm still pretty congested. For instance, right now, I can't really smell much uh, coming off this beer, which is unlucky, mainly because I'm not getting a lot of draw up my nose. There's like a fruitiness, a generic fruitiness is about all I can get off this right now. Maybe I do have COVID. No, it's sense of taste that goes, not so much sense of smell. I think I can still taste things. Well, there is one way to find out. Maybe I need to do the COVID test tomorrow. I could do with four days off. Four days is almost as good as five days. It's like 80% is good. That's some simple math. Yeah, I really can't smell anything right now. Not the beer's fault. I have consumed this beer before. It has lovely aromatics. I'm just physiologically not capable of enjoying them, sadly. Let's see if my tongue's any better. Also, yeah, I know. If my nose isn't working, there's a good chance my taste isn't working. But it's a little bit more direct. It's right in there. I'm not putting the beer in my nose. I'm just inhaling around it. So let's see what happens. This is some quality content, guys. This is, this is why you tune in to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. Um, the title of this podcast could be called Man Discovers He Might Have COVID. This beer is bitter. This beer is bitter with a little malty sweetness. I can't taste anything. Have I lost my sense of taste? Also, how am I just noticing this now? I had a red curry for dinner. Now I'm trying to think back whether or not I actually tasted it. 
It was coconutty. It was very spicy because I put a lot of sambal olek on it. I think I could taste the garlic in it from the sambal and some of the galangal. I think. But I don't actually remember. I got nothing. This I can't taste anything. It's bitter. Yeah, it's bitter and resinous. And I know for a fact that this beer does tend to taste very tropical. I think I've lost my sense of taste. <laughs> this is... This is on the list of things you should notice before you try and record a podcast in which you need to drink a beer and describe how it tastes. Well, I'll tell you this. This beer, it's bitter. Yeah, that's it. The beer's bitter. Well, that doesn't bode well. Hear that cough, by the way? That was a productive cough. I don't think COVID tends to come with a productive cough. I think I'm just congested and I can't taste anything right now. Which is unfortunate. It actually makes me regret opening this beer because I do tend to like this beer and I'm not really getting a lot out of it right now. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think we're done uh, this part of the show. Um, I can't taste anything right now, uh, so I can tell you that this beer is bitter. Uh, from memory, it was very citrusy. Could not tell you that now. It's gone. Um, but I would encourage you to check it out. You can get it at the brewery right now. Quantum Leap uh, Double Dry Hopped IPA from Rorschach Brewing. I wish I'd made better mental notes when I drank this about four days ago and I could taste it. Because now I have nothing. Maybe I should read the can. Brewed with oats and wheat. Makes sense. It's got that nice weight to it. Oh my gosh. And hopped with Galaxy and Vic Secret. Notes of tropical fruit, fuzzy peach candy, and apricot stone fruit with some orange, grapefruit, and pine. Funny that it's a smooth body with minimal, minimal bitterness and abundant hop aromas. I would call this moderately bitter with no aroma because I seem incapable to detect. Peachy. I do remember this beer being peachy now that they mention it. I don't taste anything right now. Uh, cool. Great. That's that's great. Do check this beer out. It is very good. And Rorschach makes amazing IPAs. Uh, I would advise you to check it out when you have a sense of taste and smell. That would be good. Uh, what am I going to eat it with? Well, anything right now. Because who knows what anything tastes like. I still can't believe. I'm trying to think back to that curry. It's possible I really... I was really hungry when I ate it. I'm really hungry all the time right now. Huh. This is very troublesome, guys. Sorry I'm bringing you on this walk. Uh, oh, um, Mike says maybe the bone shaker wrecked my palate. Maybe. But that's not how that normally works. 
Normally that would make it, I, I wouldn't be able to detect the bitterness so much because I'd just be overwhelmed on that. It's maybe. No, look, I'm smelling my arm. And I don't smell anything. That's normally my reset. As I go, oh, that smells familiar. It smells like me. Right now, might as well just be inhaling air. Let me try the beer just in case. Yeah, no, nothing. Super weird. What an unusual sensation. I don't like it. I don't like this. Uh, yeah, so what am I going to eat with it? I don't know. Something delicious, probably, and I wouldn't taste it. Uh, I'm going to have to go to the kitchen and do some experiments and see if I can taste anything else. Might try some very different tastes. Worrisome. Uh, hey, but while I've got you here... Uh, we've only been recording for about 15 minutes, so uh, so we'll uh, we'll just we'll just dive in and go full PSA. Normally, my PSAs, as you'll recall, if you're a regular listener to the pod, are around COVID. And right now, it might be prescient of me to talk about COVID because I might have it. Who knows? Uh, not me. I'll tell you that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about pride, and very specifically, not just pride, but rainbow washing. Are you familiar with rainbow washing, kids? Rainbow washing is the act of throwing rainbows onto things to make it look like you care about pride, when actually all you're really doing is trying to make money off of pride. It's problematic. Let me be clear. Pride. A wonderful month that uh, both celebrates and also supports to us LGBTQ people, reflecting on the uh, progress that has been made in the fight for equality, while also uh, accepting the reality that we're still a long way off and that uh, there's still more work to be done. Uh, so Pride's a very important uh, time, very uh, fun time to celebrate, uh, particularly if you are a person who identifies as 2SLGBTQ, it's a, a great opportunity to uh, really engage with who you are and, uh, and celebrate that fact, um, and, and hopefully in a way that uh, allows you to feel validation uh, for who you are, um, which is reasonable. However, unsurprisingly, like everything, it gets corporatized, uh, much like other holidays, Christmas, Easter, to name a few. And the reality, of course, is that uh, every business now wants to um, pile on and, uh, and act like they've, they've supported Pride all along. Um, some notables on that. Um, in Toronto, the, uh, the current uh, title sponsor, I believe is the technical term, uh, for Pride this year is, uh, is TD Bank. Now, I don't know about TD Bank specifically, and I certainly had no dealings with TD Bank, say, back in the 70s, because I didn't exist back in the 70s. But notoriously, um, uh, one of the problems that uh, people who were not straight would run into would be, for instance, that they might be disallowed things like, say, a mortgage 
uh, or a business loan uh, that would have been uh, offered by a bank uh, that if, had they been a straight person, they would have been um, amply qualified for. But based on nothing other than their sexuality, uh, they, they would be uh, declined. Um, now, I, I don't know if this is something that TD themselves have, uh, have addressed, um, but it is ironic that um, uh, a business that is part of an industry that certainly was um, problematic, let's say, for uh, 2SLGBTQ people uh, historically, has now decided that, in fact, they can be the, uh, the title sponsor of, uh, of, of said event. That's, uh, that's charming. Um, furthermore, Tons of businesses, of course, use pride as an opportunity to uh, to make some money. That's what it comes down to. And of course, if you put a rainbow on one of your products, um, there's a perception that obviously you're an ally, and so people will, uh, uh, you know, will 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 purchase your product because hey, you're an ally, and I think I'm an ally, and if we're both allies, I should buy your product. And uh, and so if you've got a rainbow on it, well. I like the cut of your jib. Unfortunately, there's more to it than that. I'm going to take a sip of this beer, even if I can't taste it. I'm thirsty. Can confirm. Still can't taste anything. Anywho. I was saying rainbow washing. Uh, We can get into all sorts. Coffee companies and potato chip manufacturers and all sorts, but for the sake of this podcast, let's just for a moment focus on on breweries. And you will know, I'm sure, a number of breweries will um, either put out social media posts featuring rainbow imagery, or perhaps even will package a uh, a beer in a rainbow type label. Now, I will tell you this: in a vacuum. There's nothing wrong with this, and particularly if that vacuum is one of um, uh, genuine concern and love, uh, which is a weird thing to say, a vacuum of genuine concern. Anyway, let's not focus on that. My point is simply to say, it's not enough to put a rainbow on your package or to put out some sort of a pride social media post and kind of dust your hands and walk away from the situation. Indeed, for many breweries, it would probably be better just to not do anything in pride at all. Actually, it would be better to just be good people, but if that's not part of what you can do, it would be better to just do nothing at all. Just continue acting like June is any other month. Um, And, yay, maybe like what you do during Black History Month. Just putting that out there. Maybe like what you do for Truth and Reconciliation Day. I.e. nothing. Um, Just do nothing. Um, Because if what you're doing with rainbow imagery is just performative and there's no actual desire to make any effort to improve the lives of 2SLGBTQ people, um, just it, it doesn't help anybody. Actually, that's not true. It does help some people. It helps you and potentially your investors if you're the type of brewery that has that. Uh, Because, again, you probably will see an uptick in the sale of that uh, rainbow-branded beer. Friends, you're listening to this podcast. 
I, I could do this all night, but we have places we need to be. Here's what you need to do. If you see a brewery and they're marketing, uh, using rainbow imagery, or they have a beer that has a rainbow label on it, don't immediately rush to judgment. There's a, there's a very good possibility that these are people who are actually trying to do good things for people uh, in the wider world. But there's a there's a bit of a test uh, you can do. You can and, and it's easy. It's won't require too much of your time. Let's say uh, you see a brewery, perhaps a brewery you love, which will make it easier. Believe me, you'll see why in a moment. Uh, and they've they've done this. They've marketed with the rainbow, or they have a, a rainbow on their label. Um, you know, it's going to be like love is love pale ale or something like that. Uh, ask yourself these few, uh, questions, uh, first and far and away the foremost, uh, in the other 11 months of the year, is this a brewery that, uh, creates an environment that is indeed open and welcoming and safe is the big important part, uh, to all people, regardless of their sexual or gender identity. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can gauge this. A really, really good, easy one is, do they have a code of conduct which they have posted and which they adhere to? And do they have systems in place for what happens if that code of conduct is uh, violated? Um, th this typically is in the form of um, say unruly behavior from other patrons and what the process is. And ideally the process is, um, people in violation of the code of conduct are removed, uh, to maintain the safety and security of the space, uh, for everybody. As noted, this one's pretty easy because if you've physically been into the brewery, you'll have a sense and hopefully if they have a code of conduct, you've seen it, uh, because it should be pretty obvious. That's step one. Is this brewery actually involved in um, creating a safe space? Uh, a knock-on from that is, does this brewery uh, include people on their staff who are from a marginalized community? doesn't have to be uh, necessarily uh, 2SLGBTQ, although certainly that'd be good. can be a little tricky because... Um, <laughs> Us gay folks don't tend to wear like a badge, um, but uh, if you know, that helps. Um, but in general, is this a brewery filled predominantly with straight white guys or is it a more diverse crowd? That's not a guarantee. You got to be careful with that. There are some really good straight white dudes out there working hard to make spaces safe. But uh, a good marker of their work is that they create an environment where people who aren't just straight white guys want to also work with them and that then they hire those people. That's important. Uh, that's part of it. Um, so that's another good question. And then uh, within both of those, there's an easy marker too, which is um, does this company or do individuals from this company uh, tend to post problematic um, social media <laughs> statuses, updates, whatever, um, whether that be homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism, misogyny, whatever. Uh, if you know that that's a brewery that has a history of problematic behavior and yet they have a rainbow on their can, you can probably assume that in that context, that rainbow is performative um, and it's best not to support that performative uh, behavior. We need to demand uh, demand better. And then the last and, and probably the most important, 
uh, and, and this gets a little nuanced too. So stick with me on this. Um, if, uh, brewery X creates, you know, what did we say it was going to be called? Love is love pale ale, uh, with a rainbow label. This is going to be a beer that will have probably uh, more curb appeal, to use the term, uh, in, in, in the context of sales than um, the uh, not Love is Love pale ale. Uh, so they're going to sell more of this beer, hypothetically. Um, are they donating some of that increased profit to a charitable or community-based organization that's doing work to improve the lives of um, 2S LGBTQ plus people, and particularly within that particularly marginalized uh, people within that community. So here we're talking about uh, people who also are perhaps uh, from a racially uh, marginalized group or are, uh, say, uh, economically uh, challenged, houseless, or, or whatever. Um, is, is this a, a group, a charity, that's actually doing real tangible work to make the lives of people better? A and, and who is it? Like, it isn't enough to say, oh, it's a charity and they're doing good things. Who is it specifically? Um, in a social media post, they should be uh, linked to that, that they, you know, they should be tagged in the post. Um, they should be a willing participant in, uh, in this act of charity. And, uh, if they're not, that's a big red flag. And if there isn't any mention of who they are, that's an even bigger red flag. Now within this, it's important to remember that a charitable donation like that is actually a, a tax write-off uh, for the brewery uh, or business in question. This might be a bar, maybe, that's doing a pride-based uh, drink special or something like that. Uh, a, a charitable donation like that is a tax write-off. So it's important that uh, you have a sense that the, the business in question, probably a brewery, maybe a bar... Um, hasn't just picked the first name that showed up on a list that this is a, uh, a charity that they're actually involved with probably in an ongoing way, not just during June. Uh, certainly that they have an understanding of the work that they do and why it's important, uh, within their community and within the wider community. Um, you want to see evidence that they actually know this group and care about them and are not just using them as a, uh, as a vessel for a, a, a tax write-off. And then um, a little slight aside to that, um, because you could be doing that, a, a brewery, say, could be doing that. Um, but at the same time, in the 11 months of the year that aren't Pride, again, is this brewery involved in uh, charitable work or, or at least uh, exposure work? You know, people die of exposure, but we don't need to go there. Uh for said charity or, or charities like it. Um, but much more importantly, do they also support other people who are um, counter to that? So here we think, uh, sure, this brewery might be donating some proceeds of, uh, of the Love is Love Pale Ale to, say, a, a very deserving and hardworking uh, community support group, say. Um, but do they also donate money, say, to a political candidate who is openly anti-gay or openly racist or openly misogynistic? 
Um, again, if they're doing that in the other 11 months of the year, then this part right now, it's just performative allyship and it has no value and it should not be supported. Um, and feel free to name and shame. Similarly, even if they're not directly giving their money, is this a place that provides a space for uh, that type of person? Here I'm thinking very specifically, and, and, and I will name and shame, uh, not too uh, long ago, Steam Whistle Brewing hosted Pierre Polyev, who hey, we don't need to get into talking about my politics. I'd be happy to. I'm a left-wing nut job, like, off the chart. But even if I weren't, this is a gentleman who is on the record as being homophobic and sexist and racist. He might not use those exact words, but he will use words that you will go, aha, that's familiar. I've heard people who are homophobic and misogynistic and racist use exactly these words. As they say, if it looks like a duck and talks like a duck, this man is not an ally. And if you allow him to use your space, even if you couch it in the language of, oh, we don't make judgments about who uses our space, too damn bad, you should. You took his money, that's dirty money, and your actions in one month of the year are significantly undercut by your actions in the wider world in which you do allow racist, misogynistic homophobes to use your space to espouse their racist, homophobic, misogynistic beliefs. You paint yourself with their brush. You're not being painted. That implies that somehow you're not at fault. You are actively take part in that steam whistle. I'm talking directly to you here. And anybody else who participates in this. Years ago, Amsterdam, my beloved, who makes Bone Shaker, hosted a Stephen Harper event uh, with much the same sort of fare. And uh, that took a while to get over. And uh, I confess, I still sometimes find myself feeling less than charitable uh, towards them, even though that's something they haven't done recently. Um, you do need to hold these people accountable, and you, you can vote with your dollars. So if this is a brewery that does that sort of thing, and yet they have a rainbow-themed beer that you think, oh, that seems pretty good, just remember the other 11 months of the year. Yeah? And, uh, if their actions and behavior in the other 11 months of the year don't line up with what they're doing now during Pride, don't give them your business. Instead, focus on businesses that do the actual hard work of being good people and being allies or themselves being run by queer and marginalized people. That would be beautiful. That said... I'm not going to give you a list of the people I think you should support. I've got some breweries close and near to dear to me who do that hard work, and uh, they're fantastic. Uh, it, it's not hard to figure out who they are. Um, for one, they're the ones amplifying the voices of people like Aaron from Little Beasts. By the way, that's a brewery, and they're doing the hard work. But if they're actively participating in amplifying those stories and amplifying the voices, uh, that's not a golden ticket, but it's a sure good starting point. 
On the other hand, if it's the breweries that get mentioned in the stories that are really bad and they haven't done anything to try and make themselves better, well, that's like the exact opposite. It's a really easy mark that you can go, I think I'm going to pass on that rainbow beer this year. I don't think I'm going to give them my money because they don't deserve it. As noted, guys, you and you alone are in charge of where you spend your money and who you support using that money. Uh, And hey, far be it for me. If you're listening to this podcast and you are yourself a racist, misogynistic homophobe and you want to support the breweries that espouse the same values as you, that's great. You probably should stop listening to this podcast because I'd say I don't think much of you, but that's not true. I think a lot of you and it's bad. You're a terrible person. And I hope that your beer all tastes gross and that all of it explodes when you open it and gushes all over your crotch and makes it look like you pissed your pants because you're a giant child. That's what I think, but that's just me. That said, if you're still here 36 minutes and 19 seconds into this, after a fairly long rant about the uh, uh, importance of not participating in rainbow washing, I think you're probably an okay person. Yep, still can't taste that beer at all. Mm, Worrisome. We're going to get through this together, guys. And guys, it is Pride Month. It's a very exciting, happy time of year, as it should be. It should also be somber at times when we consider some of the sacrifices made by people. Like, some people literally died for this. Like, literally. Um, And we we mustn't forget that. Uh, But uh, we can also participate in the joy and celebration because the reality is we have come a long way. And it's been through hard work and effort that should be recognized and celebrated. So wherever you are and however you do it, I do hope you have a very enjoyable Pride Month. I am um, celebrating in my way and enjoying it immensely. So uh, I hope that you are in the same boat. Gonna give you, I'm going to have another sip of this beer I can't taste, then I'm going to give you a couple of brief notices. Yep, still can't taste it. Um, Brief notices. Are you a fan of Spent Grains, the craft beer zine? Lord knows I am. That's why I make it. I'm having a slight problem, though, and that is rugby takes up a lot of my life right now. And by a lot, I mean four nights a week there's practice, either that I'm coaching at or being coached because I play. There's also games on some Saturdays and a lot of Sundays, and it's really, really hectic. And I just don't have a lot of free time. I'm working hard, overtime you might even say, to get out an issue this month in June for Pride. Not just It's not just a Pride issue, but there will be some Pride content in it, including an article about rainbow washing. You already got a head start, so congratulations. I do interview Diana Salazar, who is the brewer at... Um, why am I blanking? Gosh, help me, Shook. They make Shook. It's my friend's brewery. All I can think right now is Forked River because it's in London. It's Storm State. Oh, that was way too stressful. Storm State. Diana from Storm State. Wonderful interview. We talk about a lot of things, including the Lumineers and board games. It's a good one. Uh, There's going to be the horoscopes because there always is. There's going to be... Oh, there's a good trivia. It's a good one this this time. Last time apparently was too easy. A lot of people knew that it was a Bill and Ted's quote. This one will be harder, uh, but we're going to have some fun with it. I'm hoping it'll be out by the weekend, this weekend, 
the weekend of the uh, 20th, 19th, around there. Um, that's the hope. And then I'm going to back burner the zine until after the rugby season so that by having said and done that, I don't have to feel guilty about the fact that I'm not doing it because I'm spending so much time doing rugby stuff. Man, I love rugby. Such a good sport. But I digress. Spent Grains is coming. Fingers crossed soon. Are there events? Absolutely. Things are open. We're wide open, guys. We don't even have mask mandates anymore. I would encourage you to proceed with caution there, but that's up to you. You figure out your own risk assessment. Tons of events, though. Get out there. Drink some beer. Enjoy the company of other people. Go to a concert. Looks like a lot of fun. I mentioned the Lumineers in the interview with Diana. They just played last night, two nights ago at Budweiser Stage. Looked like a great show. I was not there. But get out there and do some stuff, especially if it means supporting a local bar or brewery. As we always mention, it's important to help those people out. It's been a rough couple of years. And if you have expendable income, expend it, please, uh, in the places that need it the most. Uh, that would be your local bar slash brewery. Enjoy the fact that Cafe Tio is back and patios line the sides of the streets. And gosh, if it isn't heartwarming to see my beloved Queen Street filled in with streetside patios. Uh, man, I hope that doesn't go away. I know people get mad because it destroys traffic, but guess what? Traffic sucks. Ride a bike. Be a normal person. Uh, enjoy a patio on a road. That's what I think. Aside from that, this was episode 13 of season 8. Am I stopping anytime soon? Probably not. Maybe for Canada Day. Maybe we'll do a, a season break around Canada Day. But maybe not. I don't know. I got time. Do you? Meet me back here in seven days on Monday. I'll be earlier this time. Hopefully. We'll see. Might be caught up in a real interesting story with the boy. Read to your kids. Even when they're old. If they let you. It's really valuable. It's a good time together. Mmm. I just tried to drink the beer I can't trace. And there was a hair on my lip. And now it's in my mouth. Which is horrific. I got it. Don't worry. Oh, I thought that was going to get really gross and I was going to end up gagging on it or something. Hey, no better place to stop than me almost gagging on a hair. Have a good night. Take care of each other out there and meet me back here in seven days. I will be drinking beer and hopefully able to taste it. That'd be great. Bye. Bye.